Back here on Vindanity. It's been a couple of weeks since we've done the uh, podcast. Had to recover from that great 69th episode of the show that we did last time. So uh, we recover here with just, I guess, kind of some assorted topics as we get into end of January, kind of the dog days of the basketball and hockey seasons. Um, you know, getting down, obviously, toward the Super Bowl after a couple weeks of NFL playoffs. So I don't know, it's been a couple weeks, no things that really jump out at you. It kind of seems like this podcast is going to be a real battle of the birds. I can't wait for the battle of the birds in two weeks, <laughs> or a week and a half. The Patriot birds and the yeah. Falcon birds. Yeah, I don't, you know. yeah we, were, we were actually talking about that, how like Tom Brady, you know, the Patriots, their logo kind of looks like a bird. Tom Brady basically is like the NFL equivalent of a parrot. Like, yeah. you think about that, you know, he's... If parrots uh, go way past, you know, the lifespan you would expect of an animal. You hear a parrot's like sixty years old, years old. You're yeah. Like, how's that animal still alive? Tom Brady, you hear he's forty. You're like, how is he still that good at playing quarterback? Had a great game against the Steelers, Parrots, Patriots. I, I, I think there's something to all this. Yeah, New England parrots. Tom, yeah, Tom Brady's a parrot. I, I'm calling it right now. He sure is. It is just weird watching him. Like, there's no decline whatsoever. No, I mean he's he's still incredible, and I mean and you know their offensive line is is better this year than it maybe has been some other years. They have a pretty good defense, but like I I was kind of forgetting you know over the course of that game against the Steelers, like Rob Gronkowski got hurt in like week eight. You know we're we're sitting here as Vikings fans going, oh man, we had tough luck. You know Matt Khalil went down and Jake Long, and I mean it was a lot of offensive linemen, but like Rob Gronkowski is you know their main receiving option. He, yeah. he won that game with. Chris Hogan, who was on waivers, and like any team in the NFL could have had Chris oh, Hogan. Gee. That was a uh, ESPN talking point. Was does a Patriots Super Bowl mean Grock is irrelevant? That is not a good talking point. <laughs> How can you be irrelevant when you're like going to be shown in the owner's booth, like not wearing a shirt? Yeah. Like I mean, he's he's honestly outside very of the relevant. game. Like I I just he's going to get shown at some point, and I'm very curious as to like. He is going to not behave, be behaving in an appropriate way to be in, like, the owner's box during the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, what is the over-under on how many shots he he busts before entering the owner's box? Just pre-gaming with the boys? Yeah. I, we really... Oh, why didn't we prepare more? We could have pulled up some Super Bowl prop bets. Yeah, I those don't really take off till next week. Anyways. I suppose. That'll have to be next week on the show. Those are the best. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get some good ones going for that. We'll have a very well-prepared episode. We will not have a very well-prepared episode. <laughs> All right, let's do these prop bets 30 seconds later. All right, well, that was fun. You know, so is Tom Brady a parrot, or is he a parrot? <laughs> do think he's a parrot, or, or is he like a goose? More of a macaw. Oh, I can't answer if he's a goose, because as you know, I am not a goose. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's... Is, it's, is Matt Ryan a goose? He's got some goose tendencies. Yeah, I, I could see that. You know, I, yeah, he kind of was goose. I, you know, I've never actually watched Top Gun yeah. beyond like five minute clips at the cabin when Joe's been watching it. Was goose like? Was he good in Top Gun? Did he do a good job as a fighter pilot, or is he the one that gets killed? Oh, spoiler totally. alert! Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, he does die. But oh. I uh, honestly, I don't. Well, know. I was gonna say Matt Ryan could like. Because he, I, he well, I was gonna say he, I was gonna say he, um, like, 
manipulates the Falcons' offense like Goose and Top Gun. But if Goose is the one that dies, then that's probably not a good analogy. Well, and Goose so. isn't Goose like the co-pilot? Like he doesn't actually like he's like I, a I navigator or something. I oh, this is better off, Mike. But I thought that Goose like. I thought that he died in a dog fight. It's like a not training a training exercise. Apparently, he's not a good analogy. No, it was a training exercise. We'll just we'll scrap we'll scrap that analogy. It doesn't work. And really, the as a whole, the football playoffs haven't been working maybe as well as intended. Now, only one real good game to this point. I think yeah. that. Well, I guess the Steelers Chiefs game was a two point game, not the most exciting with the field goal fest. But outside of that, every other game has been a double digit scoring margin. The Falcons or Packers Cowboys was an all timer. That was you know a great game, but yeah, kind of uh, an anticlimactic conference championship game. I feel like most years one of the games ends up sucking, but like at least one of them is typically competitive. And, yeah, uh, both of those games, you pretty much knew it was going to happen by halftime. Well, it was fun to get some other organizations involved in some of these games. Not saying that I liked watching a Houston playoff game, but kind of fun. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the Falcons were fun it's, to get in there. It's weird to think that, like, not that long ago we were talking about, like, could Oakland or Detroit make a Super Bowl run? And now that just seems like yeah, that to, was forever yeah, the answer ago. to that question was no. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I... I guess I do. It just has been kind of a weird NFL season start to finish. You know, all the talk about the ratings and there weren't good games at the beginning. It kind of stabilized a bit toward the end. It was a weird Viking season just for us personally. So it does, it does just seem kind of fitting that the playoffs were a little off too, but I, you know, you never can quite tell with the Super Bowl. It's a little weird with the extra week off and always kind of unpredictable how it plays out, but at least on paper, seems like it could be a pretty entertaining matchup. Definitely two fun offenses anyways i'm very excited about it i i guess when we found out the patriots were going it just kind of made me like delve back into my hatred for boston sports which i really hadn't like experienced in a while because it had been a while since like ah the freaking red Sox. but like i really don't like boston sports teams that's i suppose that is from like that what was that? Two thousand four Red Sox. Oh, the like, like Kevin Euclid's manuf- manufactured. World well, they Series. just they just yeah. won so many championships at the same time. Yeah, you just were seeing all their teams over. It's also, again. I mean, I suppose what is that expression? Jealousy is the best form of flattery or imitation. I suppose. Well, not je- whatever. <laughs> I mean, have you just been butchered that? Have you just been imitating Bostonians? Just yeah, uh, big beads. <laughs> no, but it is—it's jealousy. Like they've had, a, like all of their sports teams have been very good recently. Yeah, it is. Did it's, you look up Goose on your phone? It's been a nice run for that Boston. Face was. <laughs> that's uh, that's Val Kilmer for you. Actually, uh, it's um. All right, it's not Val Kilmer. No. Val well, Kilmer's Iceman. That's the title of this podcast. As, That's Val Kilmer for you. As I said, have not seen Top Gun. <laughs> Looked like Val Kilmer. Who's who plays Goose? Uh, Let's give him a shout out here on the pod. Tom Cruise. No, no. God, who does Tom Cruise play? Uh, the main guy. He plays Top Gun. His name's Top Gun. <laughs> He's a good he, and Anthony he's Edwards. Anthony oh, wait, Edwards. that's that bald dude from ER. Oh, really? Oh. So that was apparently before he became bald. 
Or it's a toupee. That is how uh, male pattern baldness works. It is a progressive condition. That was a quick jump from Boston sports scene to Val Kilmer. Well, but I think, you know, as we... Because we'll probably talk more about the Super Bowl next week. Uh, a little more time to... We could go over some of those props. Yeah. It's, they're not... You know, the analysis this first week is the is Rob Gronkowski overrated type analysis. There's not a whole lot to say yet. Yeah. So probably a little more better to actually try to break it down next week. But, you know, I guess maybe won't get into all four of the teams, but in talking about Boston and how they made that turnaround into the city you are jealous of and hate because of all their titles, certainly wasn't always the case for Boston. The Red Sox had their long curse. The Patriots were a laughing stock. I guess the Celtics have always been pretty good. But uh, really, I would say probably 25, 30 years ago, they weren't that far off from the Minnesota sports scene. Yeah. So as we are in the winter section, I guess maybe the two Minnesota teams most likely to start this market on a championship run and make Bostonians jealous of us, talking Whoa. about our... I don't know what food they'd make fun of, but they could definitely make fun of our accent, I suppose. And... Uh, but I, I don't know, do we think... Well, they can't make fun of our well, accent. They have the I worst accent in the world. Well, if we can make fun of their accent, oh, they can true. make fun of ours. I don't know. Our accent isn't a whole lot better. But anyways... Uh, it's debatable as to if it is better. I guess I would say, you know, do we think... We can start with the Wild. Do we think the Wild kind of have the goods to maybe get Minnesota going on a, on a championship-type run? Looking pretty good through the first half of the season, I guess a little more than half now. I, You know, I was listening to our good friend Michael Russo on the radio today, and he was saying... He's been over every Friday night. Yeah, he, He's coming over for the Super Bowl. He helps us prep for the podcast. Maybe he one day He does we'll, a very bad job. Yeah, he does not <laughs> <help us> prep. <laughs> or he's a very poor Michael teacher. Russo, pretty good writer, not very good podcast prepper. Or <laughs> teacher of uh, podcast prep skills. He was uh, he was in the penalty box with our other buddy Paul Allen, and they were talking oh. about. <laughs> okay. Oh, they do their show. From the... Yeah. Oh, I was like, why, well, why was he just sitting in the penalty box? <laughs> he he tripped another writer yeah. in the press box before the game. No, that's their shtick, and then you can hear them practicing in the back. Oh, okay, yeah. I did not know that. What were we? Oh yeah. So he was saying they were like, uh, Paul was like, hey, so Michael, like. Uh, are the Wild, are they really that good? And, you know, Russo kind of, like, wavered a little bit, and he was like, well, I mean, I guess they're the best in the West. And, like, they are. They're the best team in the Western Conference. I would argue they are better than most teams in the East outside of maybe one or two. Yeah, there's not much you can say to dispute that at this point. And I, I think... You know, it'll be interesting to see how it continues to play out. They maybe don't necessarily have the star power of some of those other teams, but the depth has been great. And, yeah. uh, you know, it puts them in a better position for it. They'll probably, you know, run into a little tougher luck with injuries here at some point. Brodeen's out right now, but in general, they've been pretty healthy, which has helped. But they would seem to have the depth to withstand some of that, you know, as long as it doesn't get too ridiculous. Uh yeah, and you know, I, I guess the encouraging thing is they have the 12-game winning streak, and it's it's kind of easy to say, well, you know, teams can get hot for a month, and what happens, you know, after they lose a game or two. Like and, Columbus. Yeah, and really, honestly, they didn't play as well after the ending of that streak. They started giving up a lot more goals. Dubnik has kind of come back to earth a little bit, but they're just continuing to find ways to win a lot yeah. of these games. And I think it's... Um, after beating St. Louis tonight, recording on a Thursday, you know, they 
some of the the numbers have gotten a little bit worse, but I think they're nine two and two or something since losing the winning streak. So they're still finding ways to win. They score a lot more goals than they have in past years, and uh, yeah, maybe some of that dries up a little bit. But I, you know, they just they do definitely seem to. I, I guess you know you look at someone like Jason Pominville is probably a good example. There's been a lot of frustration about him. They signed him to a big contract. He hasn't necessarily lived up to that. But if you just take the money part out of it, he's on a third or fourth line right now. Yeah. He's a good third or fourth line player. That wasn't what they had in mind when they signed him, but the way they've set up the rest of the team, he's a pretty nice guy to have in that role. Well, And that's how they're winning their games, is the third and the fourth line. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, that was the other point that was brought up on the radio this morning, was if you're Chicago's GM, you're really jealous of the Wilds' third and fourth line. Like, those are just really high quality. That's that's how they get the wins is their top lines kind of, you know, cancel each other out and then they can just kill you with their depth. Mm -hmm. so. And that'll be interesting to see how the trade deadline plays out. That's kind of been Chicago's MO the past few years is they have a pretty good farm system and they've been pretty good about making a, a couple well-timed trades to kind of fill out that depth as the, as the year goes on. It'll just be interesting to see, you know, what the effect of that is in the playoffs. Uh, that's you know, kind of been the talking point of, well, you know, of course Bruce Boudreaux is winning in the regular yeah. season. What happens when they get to the playoffs? And we talked about that a couple podcasts ago. I, I don't believe, you know, Bruce Boudreaux has some mental block about winning the playoffs. <laughs> I would imagine, shy. I would imagine, you know, whatever he, he can win in the playoffs trans, as well as he can in the regular season. to all of his teams, too. Yeah, you know, it's just once the weather gets a little warmer, he just... He, gets distracted. Yeah, he, he starts thinking about, you know, eating a scone out in Rice Park and he doesn't focus on the game or something, but... <laughs> I know he probably doesn't eat a lot of scones. I I wonder what he does, but like he does just get them fired up, whatever he does. Because like that game today in with St. Louis, like with you know how well they've been playing, and like they had no reason to like come out and really hustle in that game, but they did. They just outworked St. Louis. Yeah, it's hard to have insight into exactly what he's doing, but it seemed to have worked. I guess what my point with that was, though, is the only thing I would I would wonder with the playoffs is I don't think it's a you know a Boudreaux issue, but does this style of team you know you see this sometimes where the team that's set up with great depth it works really well over the course of a long regular season when you're playing a lot of games and kind of focus you know drifts a little bit in and out because teams don't necessarily get up for every single game and you have a number of different players that can step up in the playoffs it tends to be a little more about your star power star players come to play the star players play more in the playoffs because you're not resting them for anything obviously everybody's locked in for every single game yeah so does that style of play work yeah. as well in the playoffs and does a team like chicago that maybe doesn't have the depth you know that that might hurt them in the regular season but in a you know, a shorter series do Kane and Taves and Hosa just take over and, and the Wild don't have the star power to match that. Yeah. I mean That would be my question. But and I don't know the you know, obviously we'll see how it plays out. But that that would maybe be my only concern at this point. It's tough. I mean it, it, it yeah, it's unclear. It's like you said, like since that big win streak, like nine, two and two. I mean, how many games do you need to win the Stanley Cup? Sixteen? Mm-hmm. 
So, well, but I guess my point would just be the style of play and everything is yeah. a little different in the playoffs. But I don't know if that's as much of a factor in hockey. It is an issue, like, in basketball and stuff because, you know, star players just play more in a, in a playoff basketball game. Yeah. So you don't rely on your depth as much. Maybe it's not as big of an issue in hockey. But I would think, you know, the shift, the bench gets shortened and you're probably not going to be playing your fourth line that much in a typical playoff game. Well, so. and, you know, obviously the standings are going to shift around from where they're at now with half the season. But at least if everything stays like relatively like it is now and, like, the Wild or Chicago don't take a big crap, like, they're not going to play each other in the first round. No, they certainly you wouldn't think so. In the wild, I you know this is that Russo poor prep work. I have I haven't looked at the standings in a few days, so I don't know the exact number. But my my uh, last time I looked, I mean they were about 10, 10 12 points up on St. Louis yeah. for third place in the division. So barring a pretty big collapse, they should be at home in the first round. Right, and that that helps their cause too, especially since in the West this year there's the Wild, Chicago. Anaheim, San Jose have been pretty good, but there's a big drop-off after that, and you would think, you know, one of those middle-of-the-pack Western Conference teams, if they could play them in the first round, they would be a pretty a pretty big favorite. So. That'd be pretty cool. I'm, I'm getting excited. Yeah, it's it's just, it's fun to have a good team. They're like, there's not a lot really of drama good. about it. It's just, it's weird, because, yeah, it's not like, uh, oh, man, Koivu's, like, Parisi's just been lighting them up. Do you see that highlight goal? But, like, they just don't lose. Well, it's nice to, like, have a problem but just not, like, be upset about it because they're winning so much. Like, you mentioned Parisi. He yeah. hasn't played very right. well. And normally, you know, that would be a, a whole big, you know, Joe Mahler-style talking <laughs> boy. Oh, sure, paying him, you know. Yeah, he doesn't care anymore. He, got a year, he can't make it. But, got the big boat out on the lake. He doesn't care. But, like, they're winning games, so no yeah. one worries about it. And so that's just kind of nice to have have that stress-free type season may may not last but uh you know i guess we kind of thought maybe we were going to get that type of viking season through the first month but then that didn't pan out it's that, it's, it's been quite a while since there's been a, a team that we've rooted for that's just kind of smooth sailing gone through a regular season i don't know how to handle it it's weird to have a team that's like actually like at the top of the league it's well and weird. It's, it's weird to have a team that like you kind of expect they're gonna win yeah you know, like, I, I I, guess I maybe, like, a couple of the first losses they had after losing that winning streak, I got concerned about it. But, like, I guess it was whatever it was. Last weekend they lost to Nashville, and it was kind of a bad loss. They blew a 2 nothing lead. And it was nice to just go, okay, well, they had a bad game. Like, they'll probably figure it out the next one. And then they did. So, so here's an interesting uh, thought, especially because of how bad the Twins have been the last couple of years mm-hmm. and with having all four major sports teams can you think of another city that in the past several years has had to like open up the sports page and see more losses from the day before like with how often the twins lose of like, one that has been of one that has all four well just sports. in general is there a more losing city yeah it would be hard to Hard to come up with one off the top of your head. I mean, Washington, D.C.'s had a long championship drought, but I guess, like, the Nationals have been pretty good the last couple of years yeah. and have made the playoffs, but and the Capitals have been pretty good. But, yeah. I mean, That's why it's hard to be up to there with anyone, yeah. But it's a good problem. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, because for... 
Yeah, I can't think of any other cities that have been like this bad across the board in recent years. Yeah, out of ones that are like united behind one team. I suppose like New York and LA have so many yeah. teams that And I was just about to say Atlanta, but then I was like, oh, wait a minute. Well, I was thinking that too, yeah. and then I'm like, oh yeah. But <laughs> I mean, I guess prior to the Falcons, they've probably the Braves have been pretty bad the last seven yeah. years. The Hawks are you know, consistently mediocre. But yeah, I mean, Minnesota would be up there. So you, you, guys are, was, you guys are ready for a... Oh, go ahead, sorry. And this is just, just kind of a random jump, totally off topic. But you know, it was kind of... Uh, is Even though it was kind of satisfying to see the Packers lose that NFC Championship game, um, that's like... But as, as happy as I was that that happened, it was also kind of like, well, that was like their third one in... Yeah, you know how many years. Whereas, like when the Vikings are in one, it's like a like a life defining event, it, huge. <laughs> like huge deal. Yeah. If we make it to the yeah. NFC Championship <laughs> game, and there's like, oh yeah, well, oh, they well. probably get back there next year. So yeah, anyway. Well, that's the encouraging maybe combination right now. Is you know you have the the team in the wild that's been really fun to watch, and maybe not you know the one defining star player, but a really effective team and. You know, as he switched to the Timberwolves, you know, maybe some concern with him at the beginning of the year, worries about his defense, obviously didn't get off to the start everyone hoped, and there's still some hurdles to overcome, but Carl Anthony Towns catching fire here over the last three weeks or so, he was very good again tonight in a losing effort, seems to be making some progress on the defensive end, still a lot of work to do in that area, but the offense has been insane the past few weeks, did come up just short of an all-star berth, but, you know, I think... I think we even kind of predicted this last summer that this is just how sports media works and everybody built him up and so he was going to get torn down a little bit over the course of the year and there's been some of that you know Joel Embiid has become the next you know player for everyone to get all excited about with good reason but I think uh, you're seeing him starting to establish himself again now and so you have a team like the Wild to have fun with and you know bringing up the Packers We've talked about how it would just be nice to have an amazing player like Aaron Rodgers to yeah. be able to watch every week. Might have an equivalent player like that yeah. in Carl Anthony Towns for the next several years, too, which yeah. is also pretty nice. Can I ask a, a, a quick question here? I suppose this would be like a – actually, I don't know. I don't know enough about this other basketball team. Is Carl Anthony Towns going to be the next um, – oh, my God, why did I just forget his name? The dude with the unibrow. Anthony Davis? Yeah. Uh, Where he's a great player, but like it's kind of hard to see what he does nationally because he's on a bad team. Well, I think the Wolves have theoretically more talent around Towns than the Pelicans have around Davis. The problem with Davis is he's gotten hurt a lot too, which has oh. been an issue with Towns. But I mean, I think when Davis is playing, to, at this point, it would be hard to say. I mean, he's better than Towns at this yeah. point. He's a better defensive player and probably a little more offensive skill. But if Towns can keep working his way up to that level and you know, I, I think there's been a lot of picking apart of Wiggins and Levine, and I, I think long term they're probably going to have to trade one of those two. I would still guess Levine. I'm just not sure that the fit is going to be there with all three. But you're seeing, you know, some steady progress from Wiggins. I don't know that he's ever going to be a perfect player, but I think as a second or third option, if they can bring another impact player in, maybe by trading Levine, I think they've got a better chance than a team like New Orleans to give Towns the supporting cast. Yeah, we were talking about Wiggins. We were saying earlier off mic, it's it's interesting with him. I think, like we were saying, some of the reasons that people are so critical of him is just 
it's got to be his play style. Like, he's just a smooth operator. He never looks like he's, like, sweating or, like, really working hard. And that's almost just kind of, it's a good problem to have, but it's just kind of unfortunate that it's not more obvious, like, all the work yeah, that he's, he's doing. Yeah, he's kind of laid back, you know. It do, not the obvious effort. You know, like, the advanced stats aren't very high on the way he plays and stuff. And he's he's got... He's not a great rebounder for his athletic ability, and there's some issues to iron out. But yeah, definitely, I think his demeanor affects that at times. And um, you know, there's just a lot of expectation when someone's the number one overall yeah. pick, and he was brought in as the centerpiece of a trade for Kevin Love. So you expect a lot out of him. I think you know, I still probably the best case scenario is he's like a Demar Derozan type player, where in the right year, I I think he'll make an All Star team at some point. I don't know that he's going to be a perennial All Star, but I think. He's someone that'll be in that conversation, probably make it a couple times in the right year as he continues to develop. And maybe he's not, you know, an ideal choice as the best player on a championship caliber team, but a pretty good second or third guy. And, you know, maybe some people view that as a disappointment, but like DeMar DeRozan has his flaws, but like he's really good. He's an all-star this year. And like those guys aren't easy to find. You know, there's a lot of teams that would love to have a player like that. So I think, you know, if that's what he is, that's, you can still build a very good team with him being part of that. What do you guys think about in the NBA about this whole foregone conclusion that it's going to be Golden State and the Cavs? Well, Cleveland's obviously having their issues right now. I would say, you know, maybe Toronto could get hot enough to, to knock them out in the East. They are really good. Um, I, they probably need to make a trade, though. They still don't have a lot of depth. I guess, like, like my thing is, like, so we all kind of knew the Patriots were going to make it to the Super Bowl. And, like, now it's kind of fun to see, like, can they mm-hmm. win? Can they beat the Falcons? Like, you know, the Cavs and Golden State would be such a fun finals again. Like, is it a letdown if it's San Antonio and Cleveland? Um, You know, I think that just depends on how the playoffs come up leading out to it. Like, if it's some real exciting series between San Antonio and Cleveland and the Spurs happen to win it, then I think you'd be excited to see what they do. Like, that was, like, last year everyone assumed it was going to be that, and then Oklahoma City went up 3-1 on Golden State. And, like, if they would have been able to finish that off, you know, they would have beaten Cleveland or Golden State in impressive fashion. It would have been fun to see what they did. Um, part of that is that they had, star, you know, Durant and Westbrook. San Antonio's tough just because they're not necessarily the most exciting team for the casual yeah. fan. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's other ways to have an interesting matchup. The, the thing that the league probably worries about is, like, does anyone want to watch, like, Charlotte play Toronto if you're in, in the second round? If you just yeah. assume that Cleveland and Golden State are going to be there in the end. Does right. that take away the meaning of a lot of those other series? It just depends, I guess, on how much you like basketball. I think, you know, we end up referencing Bill Simmons a lot, but I, he did have, a, I think, a, a decent point on one of his recent podcasts of, like, you almost think of some of those other matchups like a good undercard on a title fight. Yeah. Like, if you're excited to watch Mayweather and Pacquiao, but, like, there's a really good underca- undercard fight that kind of surprises you, and that's maybe what, like... I don't know, the Grizzlies and the Clippers could be or something. That would be fascinating if that's how boxing worked. (laughs) It's like the undercards, like, worked their way up. And then, like, Mayweather had to fight some unknown, and Pacquiao had to fight some unknown. And if they both win, then they fight each other. It's just, like, (laughs) 12 fights in a night. That would be very ridiculous. 
But I think that's maybe a decent way to like think of some of those other matchups. Of like ultimately they probably don't mean that much, but they can still be still be entertaining. So what do you think? Will we see the Wolves get beat by Cleveland? By Cle oh in the playoffs? Yeah. Well they would have they'd be playing Golden State. Will we see the Wolves get beat by Golden State? <laughs> <laughs> it would be interesting if they, if they switched have, conferences. If they could get beat by Cleveland. I mean yeah, that'd be in the finals. They'd go to the NBA finals, maybe. I, I do not think we will see that. Uh I, I think they have a shot still. I mean, it's it's convenient for them that the eighth seed is like seven games under five hundred. It means basically yeah. every team has a shot. But no, you look at the other teams they're in the mix with Denver is pretty flawed. They probably have a little more depth than the Wolves, but you know the Wolves have played them pretty tight every time. I don't think they're going to go on some great run. Portland probably has the most talent, but uh, they've just been kind of a mess this year. Haven't played great defense. New Orleans, Sacramento are kind of one-player teams. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I think they would of those group have the most upside if you think you know, their young core is going to take another big step forward in the second half. They've shown some signs of that over the last few weeks. So I, I, I guess I'd stop short of right now saying I think they're going to make it, but I think they're going to be in it till the very end. And that I, I would say at this point they'll be playing meaningful games in April, which they haven't done in a long time. You know, that we can say these games are big for if they make it or not. Maybe they come up a game or two short, but... I think they'll they'll be in the mix till the end, which will which will be a nice step forward for them from where they've been. I really hope that they do, because it would be fun and mm -hmm. and like break that streak. But also just because, like then you know even if it is seven games under five hundred and it's not that you know meaningful of a milestone, like at least then people won't say like, well, what happened with Thibodeau? Like kind of disappointing. Yeah. No, it would just sometimes you know I think it depends on the scenario. Some organizations. You know, you wonder, do you want the eight seed to get bounced in the first round, or do you go for the better draft pick? And I think for some organizations, maybe it doesn't make a lot of sense to play for the eight seed. For the Wolves, it would. You know, they yeah, haven't yeah. Been, as a franchise, they haven't been to the playoffs in twelve years. They've got this young core where it would be nice to see them get some big game reps, even if they are just going to get you know stepped on by Golden State. At least they would have the experience of being there. So I think it would be beneficial to them. And it's sort of like making yeah the argument in college basketball of would you rather be a you know a fourteen seed or would you rather win the NIT? Yeah. So, and I think for the for the Wolves, it definitely makes sense to try to be the four the be the eight seed and maybe get trounced. But it's been it's just been such a long time since they were in the playoffs like we were in high school think about that <laughs> yeah i can't like i can't even imagine the graphic like the bracket set up with like a picture of the wolf on there like that would yeah. be fantastic i mean it's like how buffalo bills fans would feel yeah. like making the football playoffs it's a pretty ridiculous drought i i did thought of this the other day and this is getting way ahead of ourselves but uh just like because we haven't had to think about this in so long with that playoff drought so Say the Wolves do go on their run in the second half. Wild continue to play, you know, similar to what they are right now. Wild are like a two seed in the playoffs, playing in the first round against a team you're pretty confident they can beat. You know, you think the Wild might go on this long playoff run. At the same time, the Wolves are playing Golden State in the first round. Which one are you more excited about? Which one are you watching? I'm going to say that I'm watching the Wolves and I'm DVRing the Wild. So I can fast forward through the wild and see if it goes according to plan. Hockey is easier to DVR through yeah. than basketball. But yeah, I just 
And that would be, I mean, most people, like 95% of Minnesotans would say wild in that situation. Right. It obviously depends on what sport you prefer, but that would just be a weird dilemma to have to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know me, I would definitely watch the, the Wolves in that situation, but I think, uh, I think it would be... I will say, just for our setup, you know, if we're using our old roommate Joe's room as a podcast studio, if Joe were still living here, that would create some interesting conflicts. Joe would definitely not want to watch the Wolves. In that How situation. about this? How much is a Timberwolves playoff ticket? Uh, I don't remember. It would be more expensive than regular season. I don't know how much they jack up the prices, but... Just curious. Could uh, probably contact a Timberwolves ticket sales rep. They might be able to. Things you could you probably by, Google. Brought to you by Ticketmaster. <laughs> that would be SeatGeek. Oh, yeah. SeatGeek. Well, uh, SeatGeek doesn't sponsor us. I don't think we have a whole lot else to say. I don't know if you guys got any other, any other interesting topics. Mm, no. Oh, I was hoping you did. No, <laughs> I don't either. I got not a whole <laughs> lot else it. to say. Shout out to Michael Russo for prepping us so well. Oh, and, do, uh, do you want to plug that company you did a voiceover for? I don't know what they're called. <laughs> I did it, yeah. Oh, All right. See ya. <laughs>